All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. Jake, we have some crazy things going on in the world today. And uh, Steve Mutria reached out to us, and uh, we're going to try to discuss a few of these things. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing good. It's ra- raining here in Texas today, which is Finally. we always like that. That's right. <laughs> That's Thanks good. for joining us, Steve. Well, thank you ever for having me. I'm seriously thankful for it. Well, Steve, you did a recent video on your YouTube, and you talked about uh, some some of the events that were concerning you, and that's kind of how we got here today. And we'll just uh, let you let you jump right into it. Yeah, you know, there, there's a lot going on in the world, lots of speculation going on, and and rightfully so. We're we're entering into some times that we haven't we haven't been here, you know, just like with the COVID thing, how that was a new territory for everybody. And now it seems like we're constantly entering into a new realm, but the things with this, it's starting to make people think, Hey, Bible prophecy now, even more so because we're seeing the land of Israel being affected. And that's always a, you know, a red flag for people as far as, you know, putting up the ears for listening and watching out for whatever. And I guess it was about, I'm going to say a month and a half ago, I had a dream. Now, I'm not big on dreams. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I believe in dreams very much so. And I'm cautious when I hear other people's dreams. And I'll take it with a grain of salt, you know. And if it's somebody I know, yeah, okay. But all I can say is it was probably about, it was so quick. And it was right before I woke up. And it, we were at a church where I grew up for the first four years of my life. And I vaguely remember it, but I know it enough. And it was that particular church. And we're out in the front. My wife and I were there. My family was there. And we were there for a wedding. And so I go, I want to look inside the church and see who's there yet. Because it had a big front foyer. And as I looked in, I only saw, it was like the building was shrunk, you know. And it probably only had one pew on each side and a big stage, and that was it. And I'm going, oh my gosh! And there, and it was so real to me. And I came, I pulled my head back out and was telling Angela, I said, "Man, it's so much smaller than what I remember." <laughs> and that was it. I woke up, hmm. and I just, I was, I mean, because it was so vivid and so real. That's what kind of like. I'm going, okay, this wasn't just nothing. Why did I have this? And maybe I'm making this up as far as, you know, what it means. I don't think I am. This is what I got as I was praying about it and just trying to ponder it and not force an interpretation, but just considering it. I really believe it was a father saying, the bride is much smaller than you think. Hmm. And as I was as it came to me, I'm going, oh, dear Heavenly Father. You know, I mean, so many people think they're in the bride of Christ. And I think there's going to be a rude awakening for a lot of people, and it concerns me regarding that. And as time keeps going farther, it's, that's, that's, that has stuck with me. I just wanted to share that. That really has nothing to, uh, as far as with what my concerns are, the elements and stuff. But I do believe that the bride is going to be much smaller than what people believe. You know, and I think I've said this before. I know I've said it before, before is 
we look at the seven churches in Revelation and we think they're all the same size. That's not even close to remotely true because you just look at the churches all around the world today right now. In your own town, you got the little bitty church and you got the great big church. And then you get the mega church. And it's always going to be the little church for the most part that will be your bride. Mm, That's the little one, you know, and then the big one is the one that accepts everything. Oh, it's okay. You can do this. You, you, you know where I'm going with that. Yeah. And the same principle, I believe, applies with the seven churches just the same in Revelation. So you guys want to add anything there? Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, when you told us about the dream, that's that was basically the immediate thought I had was, was what your interpretation <laughs> turned out to be was it, it sounds like a the... the the people in there are smaller than than what it used to be. Yeah, it it really makes sense. Yeah, and I think that's probably pretty true in in, in general too. I think uh, a lot of times we do a lot of, uh, especially reading through the portions, you know, and and you get into you know the the Haftarah and then the New Testament portion too, and you're like, it just brings up things, and you're like, yeah. People need to pay attention to that. And it's like, he's talking more times than not. It's he's talking about the bride and all this stuff and they're yep. falling away and doing all these terrible things. So we need to do a, li- a lot less looking outward and a lot more looking inward, I think. Yep. Yeah. Stop comparing. <laughs> you know, you can say you're better than so-and-so or whatever. And that may be true, but that doesn't mean that's where you need to be. You know, he's he's called us to a righteous life. Well, it's just like the, uh, the what when Yeshua told the parable of the Pharisee, uh, you know, uh, when he's like um, very pious and you know, I'm thankful that I'm not like that guy over there. You right. know, it's um, it is really easy to to do that, and and you're right. Uh, t- time is short. We don't have time to. There's not enough time to be worried about what other people are doing. We, yeah, we got to make sure we're right. <laughs> yeah, I think the the goal is to provide a, a spotless bride, right? And right. So I think we need to keep our focus on what the what the point of all this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Well, I was looking at some of the the verses you had sent me over to here and uh the first one it was so funny it just it was exactly on the same train of thought that I was going. It's in Jeremiah thirty nine one and it says in the tenth month of Zedekiah's ninth year as king of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked Jerusalem with his entire army and blockaded it. On the ninth day of the fourth month in Zedekiah's eleventh year as king, they broke into the city and it continued on. The focus here is, though, where it talked about the 10th in the 10th month, and it was the 10th day of the 10th month even, and I think Jeremiah records it. And it's so funny because I've looked at this before, and it's so <laughs> I look at all a lot of my teachings I've done in the past, and okay, this, that, and the other, this here, this here. I'm a firm believer that all prophets need to line up together in the end time. When everything starts, it's like, oh, that prophet lines up here. We don't see it now. But as time keeps getting closer and closer, we're going to see all these little threads lining up together that we didn't see before. And like in Esther, uh, this is in Esther chapter 2, verse 16. Now, granted, it's not a prophet, but, you know, Yahweh doesn't waste words. Everything's in there for a reason. 
and it says she was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence in the tenth month, the month of Tibet. Tibet. And so even in the tenth month there, you see where the bride is taken. Okay, and this reminds me personally of when I look at Revelation chapter 12, and where it says the woman's taken into the wilderness. So when time, hard times are coming, there's still a, a protection provided. Now, I want to clarify, too, right off the get-go. Though I claim what is typically titled as a pre-trib resurrection, I don't, it's not the, the same pre-trib resurrection that I think the general church believes. They believe that the resurrection happens at the beginning, and then they're all taken away from everything. I don't believe that. I think that we are going to go through a time of purification, and um, then, and, and, and in fact, it's still not the tribulation. I don't think the tribulation starts until the, res, uh, the Antichrist starts ruling, which would be later down the road. And if my current theory is correct, that would be what some would call a mid-trib uh, resurrection. But the first half is not going to be good, because I think from what I've studied in the past, the mid-trib view is the first half is good and the last half is bad. Well, this is going to be all bad, <laughs> and you're saved out of the the resurrection happens in the half. But anyway, that's the yeah. I think of, uh, if you look at uh, um, just looking at patterns in scripture, uh, when they came out of Egypt, they saw some of the plagues, but they didn't see all of them. Yep. Yeah, it was the fourth one on that they yeah. didn't uh, have to worry with. Very good, great point. But then, and they saw the effects of it. It's not like they yeah, were they, raptured and gone out of there. They're, they they could smell. They you know they could uh -huh. see. They could hear. You know they could see the effects of it all around them. Correct. Yep. Yep. And and, and even with that point, it, and that's how I mentioned with Esther that the timing there. You know, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says, you know, he makes known the end from the beginning, ancient times, what's still to come. So there's history patterns that we have to learn and at least be aware of and realize this could be something that is going to be pointing us to the future. Not everything. I get it. But there's a reason why the Father gives us that stuff. So for us to learn what could be coming down the road. Well, and something you said that's interesting, a rabbit trail that I've been going on that's kind of a work in progress for Sabbath Lounge mm -hmm. is I'm going through Revelation and I'm looking up all the corresponding prophet scriptures. You know, like uh, I started, I think, in Revelation 7, if I remember right, and I'm starting to put it on a, a web, on our website. And so I take each chapter and verse and then I line up like say Revelation 7, 1, and then I went and looked up all the scriptures and Ezekiel and Isaiah and Daniel and Hosea all over the place, and I put all of those with it side by side. And it's pretty interesting starting, just like you said, starting to, to look at how all of these are interconnected. And then you start looking at things like, you know, you get these references. Like, I believe it's possible some of these guys saw each other. Like, like mm -hmm. I, I ponder if Ezekiel, Isaiah, Daniel, John the Revelator, when they saw different things, if they if they saw each other in real mm -hmm. time. And, you know, there, there's some little lines in, in, in a few places that make me go, hey, I saw somebody and he's, I asked him what he's doing. He said, I'm measuring. And, right. uh, you know, little things like that. It's, it's pretty fascinating to see how all that is interconnected. 
Yep. I if there's any two that I believe saw each other, it would be Ezekiel and John the Revelator. I yeah. have a two a, a teaching title of two witnesses, and I think they're the two witnesses personally. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because they are the two. They they witnessed the the first two destructions, and now they're going to be proclaiming the third and final. You know, and so yeah. But anyway, it's holding still different teaching there. Yeah. Um. It's well, I'll throw mine in real quick too. I think. Oh, go, sure, go for it. I think an interesting one is uh, the Mount of Transfiguration with uh, Moses and Elijah, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. he's not necromancing, so there's something going on there. Well, it says that it's a I vision. I think is real interesting. Yeah, it it says that was a vision, and so there's something to be said with that. But to me, that's uh, showing forth the law and the prophets are to be followed. Um, but still, they could be the two witnesses, just the same, you know. So yeah, there's there's lots of perspectives on the two witnesses. In fact, I've I've waited so long to to make a teaching on that because it's like, I don't know, and <laughs> though I think I know now, I realize I can be wrong, you know. So anyway, uh, Ezra chapter ten verse sixteen. This is going back to the tenth month, or you know, short, talking about the tenth month. Uh, Ezra ten sixteen, where it says, "So the exiles did as was proposed. Ezra the priest selected men who were family heads." one from each family division, all of them designated by name. On the first day of the 10th month, they sat down and in, to investigate the cases. And this is where many people in the community had done wrong. They had you know, been marrying in, uh, with uh, outside of uh, Israel, and now all of a sudden they're going, we have been doing wrong. We just got came back to land, now we're doing it wrong all over again. And this is significant to me, because that's pointing the 10th month is where self and your know, retrospect is coming into place. People are going to start saying, "Okay, we got to do something here. We got to repent because times are getting close." So that could be something we need to be mindful of. And now, I personally find it interesting that the tenth day of the tenth month this year, at least on the calendar that you know we follow, it lands on Christmas weekend this year. And it's and in fact, it's the first Sabbath after the winter solstice. So you're definitely in the heart of winter, you know. And Christmas time is when people say what? Peace, goodwill towards all men, right? That's, what, that's, that's the common phrase, peace, goodwill towards all men. Well, to me, doesn't that just sound eerily close to what we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? And it says, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. And for what it's worth, the Greek their word uh, word for safety there is uh, also can be uh, assurance and certainty. So again, peace, goodwill, certainty, which is good. It, now, am I saying this? No, but this is something we got to be mindful of. And the mere fact that it's ha- this is falling on the tenth day of the tenth month, which is a biblical element of uh, Babylon invading on Judah at the back in the day. History is cyclical. These days are days we cannot just blow off. We've got to be mindful of it. Well, and and, and I believe the especially Hebrew writing is cyclical, and it needs to be viewed that way. Mm, it's not just agreed. history being cyclical, but uh, I believe Yah Yah's own language. That's that's what he does. Right, right, agreed. Um. I got the verse here too. It's in Second Kings. It's also in Jeremiah, if I'm not mistaken. But Second Kings uh, twenty-five one, where it says, "So in the ninth year 
of Zedekiah's reign on the 10th day of the 10th month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, marched against Jerusalem with his whole army. It talked about how, no, the point is here is, says he encamped outside the city and built siege works all around it. So here we have 10th day of the 10th month, something significant. But it's prophesied, it shows how siege works are built around it. Now, why is that significant? I don't have the verse here, I forgot about it, but um, it's in Ezekiel chapter 4. Where it talks about, I have it. Yeah. Oh, do you have it? Okay, great. Uh-huh. If you can pull it up, where it talks about building the siege works around Judah, around not Judah per se. It's actually Jerusalem. It's the same thing, and in that context, it talks about how back then. Okay, remember that this is Ezekiel talking. Ezekiel is written from the land of Babylon, so it's after the uh, the Babylonian invasion. So this is afterwards. And I've seen some people say, well, that happened in 70 AD. Well, no, it didn't, because Ezekiel talks about what's going to happen, not just to Judah, but it happens to the northern kingdom at the exact same time. So, and that didn't happen in 70 AD. This is, that was something that's cyclical, pointing to what's coming, but this Ezekiel is talking about a future reference that's going to affect both kingdoms at the same time. And it starts with Judah being surrounded. It says 40 days, that's going to be a sign to the northern kingdom. And then on the 41st day, boom, it happens to all of them. And there's just, <laughs> you know, that would seem to imply that something will happen before the 41st day. So 40 days beforehand, we should see something. Now, I can be wrong on this, obviously, but to me, I'm always looking for that 40-day 40-day warning, and it's Jerusalem being surrounded. Now, I know a lot of people today are saying, well, that's what's happening today. Well, no, not really. I understand they're at war, and it's a bad situation over there. However, no matter what side you want to take, it doesn't matter to me. It's bad. It's war. War is never good. Okay, but right now, Jerusalem is not surrounded just yet. Israel, sure, but not the city of Jerusalem. Yeah, I think and, they were more surrounded in uh, when they first became a nation over there again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but now it's building up to that to that element. Yeah, you know, for definitely. what it's worth. Yeah. Um, now Amos discusses the day of judgment that starts well, everything I, off. Hang on. So this sure. idea that siege works, I believe I had another scripture about that, um, which is kind of interesting that we're we were kind of on the same yeah, way. Jeremiah right. six six. This is what Yahweh Tessa both says, cut down its trees, build up dirt mounds to attack Jerusalem. This city must be punished. There's nothing but oppression in it. And then Ezekiel 21, 22, the omens will indicate that he should go to the right to Jerusalem. So he will set up his battering rams there, give the order to kill, raise a battle cry, aim the battering rams against the city gates, put up the ramps and set up blockades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would say those are all all talking about the same thing, basically. Yeah, I, I just mentioned to my, uh, well, not my fellowship, but our fellowship where we, we meet and... I said, wrong or right, I don't know, but I'm a firm believer that the West Bank, there won't be an open square foot of sand where there won't be a tank. There won't be a man with a gun pointing us, pointing towards Jerusalem. I think it's going to get to that to that level, you know. And it's going to be, if you keep reading in Ezekiel, especially chapter 8, chapter 9, 10, right in that area, it is utter devastation, you know. And so that day is coming. 
But the point here is, now, let me clarify too. While I'm watching and concerned that we're on that cusp, I understand history has shown in last 30, 40, 50 years, whatever, that it can heat up and it can calm down mm-hmm. just the same. But it has not had any hint of slowing down just yet. This one so feels different. Yeah, I think there's a there's a feeling in everybody. It's like this is just what you just said. This is different. We're we're seeing something build that's um, on a prophetic scale. It seems. Yeah, and, and and just look at the um, Russia announced a recruiting ad. I think this week, and so did the United States. That we both launched military recruitment ads, and they're starting to say things like, you know, recruitment is so down that uh, they're talking about the draft and they're really trying to push recruitment. And, you know, um, I don't know. It's just kind of, kind of crazy. They're really aching for world war three here. Yeah. 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 They're wanting it, it seems. And, uh, that's a different topic in itself, but no. Yeah. 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 So just to kind of touch on, uh, since we're in this area right now, um, in a couple, let's see, I think two videos prior, um, uh, for your updates, your your world news updates. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, it was the October 13th one, I believe. You mentioned how this looks like uh, Ezekiel 4 kind of timeline. Do you still feel like we're, we're sitting in that timeline? This is my current view. Um, and remember, topics like this, Ask Me Tomorrow, may be different. Yeah, not to nail you down. No, 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 no. You have to. You have to ask. You, you, we, we need to know because that's how we learn and we buffer with one another and go back and forth and so what do you thought this and stuff. Um, at first, I was really thinking this could that could be the October seventh could have been Jerusalem being surrounded, and as I kept watching and this that and the other, I'm going, well, this is Israel at war. This is not Jerusalem being surrounded. Yeah. That being the case, where I'm at right now and watching is could that have been the start of the one year, though? Because I, Isaiah mentions in three locations about one year, the, the day of vengeance and a year of retribution, day of vengeance and the year of... There's two other years, I forget the titles now. But I think it's quite possible that the last day of Sukkot was the start of that year. And if that's true, if that's true, you will go one full year and it will end last day of Sukkot next year everything because i'm a firm believer in a one-year tribulation i know there's multiple views and you know the seven years or three and a half years i get it i was there too um but yeshua said the days are cut short and like i said earlier all the prophets have to be lined up together all of them and to me there's no other way around it the days are cut short matter of fact he says the days of daniel are cut short and then he references this is in Matthew 24. He says, the days of Daniel are cut short. And then he says, when you see Jerusalem surrounded, Ezekiel is the only prophet that I know of that prophesies the future event of Jerusalem being surrounded. And he says how it's going to happen. you got 40 days, and then you've got the 150, and, uh, which is in the Septuagint, or the 390, if you want to follow the, the Hebrew Masoretic. And so, uh, to me, when he says... Daniel is shortened, and then references Ezekiel. We've got to start looking at Ezekiel. That makes sense. So, just so I'm understanding uh, your understanding of that, of how that works out, um, if indeed it is as as you're uh, supposing, 
then that would mean that was the beginning. All right. So, so when you say that's the start of the one year, you're saying, yeah, you would be saying that that's the start of uh, the tribulation, basically. Correct. Well, not the tribulation. We need to clarify. Okay. This is the, this is the year that's referenced by Isaiah. He says there's a day of vengeance in the year and three different titles for that year. This is the beginning of it. This could be the beginning of it. That's what I'm watching for. And we'll know, I think we'll know by, uh, well, this Christmas time through uh, next Passover for sure, if that has was the actual start of it. But again, the tribulation is when the Antichrist is ruling. And that won't happen in my current understanding in around until around Passover, sometime around Passover. That was when will be when he starts his rule. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I don't know if uh, you've seen Greg Widener's latest video. I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So that kind of ties into that first uh, then uh, timeline of Passover next year, right? Yeah, well, he says that um, there has to be a, uh, and Greg, if you're watching this, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He, I think he's a, he's pretty much a firm believer that, you know, that there has got to be a stone temple before anything can start. I think and, so, yeah. Okay, I, I, I'm not of that mindset. Mm. Uh, and I get that. I get that perspective. I used to be there, too. Um, but I believe things will start. In fact, I currently believe what will kick off these 40 days of Jerusalem being surrounded will be that one of two things, or both, the Ark of the Covenant comes out, and then sacrifices start, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be kind of wrapped up together. That's why they start to sacrifices again, because the Ark of the Covenant comes out, and it charges them. They try to take over the Temple Mount, and now this is all presupposition, you know, uh, supposing this, but kind of painting a scenario of how it could play out. And thus, when they do that, then the Muslim nations get infuriated, and immediately they start surrounding Jerusalem. Yeah, that would and, make sense. And I think a lot of what what he was saying hinged on the sacrifice starting around Passover. Well, and I think that I thought I thought that was very interesting. Well, the thing is, though, the red heifer is re- what is required for the temple. Okay, right. And so they've got their priesthood. They they'll start their own sacrifices right away. Okay, so the element of what I think could happen is that this will be what starts off the uh, the beginning, those 40 days, the Ark of the Covenant coming out, and or sacrifices. And, and all you need is an altar for that, just to let you know. You don't need okay. a full... So you weren't, you weren't speaking that. of that specific sacrifice. Okay. No, we're talking about sacrifices on an altar, and I, and I think what will charge them to get that started will be the Ark of the Covenant coming out. Because um, with Jim Barfield's perspective, where I am, I used to be on his team for a while there, with the Qumran, that's where everything is buried. Now, mm-hmm. let's just say it's not buried there. Let's say it's buried somewhere else. And there's lots of views on that, so I'm not going to f- try to offend anybody on that. But according to Jeremiah, or, well, Second Maccabees, where Jeremiah is recorded as writing, that the Ark of the Covenant is buried with the tabernacle. Okay. And so, when the Ark of the Covenant comes out, the tabernacle will come out too. And the tabernacle can be set up in a week, two weeks, who knows how quick. Okay, they'll make some repairs and then that's up and going. So they can have the 
tabernacle with the ark all set up and going. In fact, I have a teaching uh, simply titled, uh, What is the Idol of Jealousy? And I believe the idol of jealousy will be what triggers everything off. And uh, if you haven't seen that teaching, I think you'll find it of interest. But with that, that will be what just triggers it all going. Now, back to your point, I think after everything, if you will, all hell hits the fan because Israel will be invaded then after those 40 days. And I think so will America, Europe, and it will be, it's all going to be a boom at one time. At the end of all that, the Antichrist then rises up, builds Judah back up from the ashes, and I think then will be when you'll see the Antichrist initiate building the stone temple, saying, this won't happen again, let's make it a stone. And, in fact, I got a verse here later on, we can refer to that. Um, does that answer your point of your concern or question there? Yeah, I think so. I think it's okay. uh, what's interesting is, I don't know if it's because I'm older and, and can understand things a little better, or it, it's just a fact. So uh, maybe older people could correct me, but it just seems like, you know, looking at end time stuff seems so implausible in terms of like, I can't even imagine how this would happen. And now it's so, how can it not happen? You know what I mean? It's just so, so much more obvious. I think that's because of the days we're in. We're yeah, seeing, the, so. we, we're, we're seeing the how. Oh, this could play out this way. This could play out that way. We're thinking outside of the box. When I think we're when you see things change so quickly, mm-hmm. and and it's been ramping up, and just just how fast things can change on a large scale. Like if you would have said, I don't know, even 15 years ago, to tell me, well, you know, they might invade America. It's like, oh, no, Steve, you're crazy. crazy. And now it's like they they they're already here, man. They're you know. right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, no, I'm yeah, right there with you. Well, and yep. and and I've heard that they have built a um, a ramp and an altar, and they've just been itching to to get that thing going. Mm-hmm. And that uh, you know, of course, the red heifer, the guy in Texas that says he's got like several of them, and they've been supposedly shipped to Israel, and they're in a secure location, and they're checking them out, and you know, they've never had this many to pick from, and people really think that this time they're going to find a heifer that has no flaw, mm-hmm. which is yep. it's interesting. Yeah. Well, and for what it's worth, no flaw, they've taken that to the nth degree. There can't be even one white hair anywhere on it, Yeah, that, and that's not biblical in my—this doesn't say uh-huh. that in Torah. You know, they, yeah. they've added their things in, and but that's fine. You know, um, either way— there, it's getting to the point where even their their uh, mandates are going to be met, if you will. Yeah. yeah. So, in Amos, it's where we see Amos is just a, a man. It's just a, a fabulous book, and it's verse one, chapter one, verse one says the words of Amos, uh, one of the shepherds of Tekoa, what he saw concerning Israel two years before the earthquake, when Uzziah was king of Judah and Jeroboam son of Joash. Uh, king of Israel. Now, here we have, he's talking about Israel. Now, it's hard to distinguish sometimes what is being referred to when they say Israel, because Israel can reference the whole kingdom, both sides, or it can reference just the northern kingdom, with Judah being the second, you know, being the, the southern. So, but in the book of Amos, he's talking about 
excuse me, both kingdoms as you start right. reading through it. Chapter 5, verse 6. It says, Seek Yahweh and live, or he will sweep through the house of Joseph like a fire. Well, house of Joseph, what's that? That's Ephraim, the, the northern kingdom. Then a little later, we get to Amos 6 1. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, that's Judah. And this is, and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria, that's Ephraim, that's both kingdom head, that's where they had their both little, their, uh, uh, the headquarters, if you will. You know, that's where they set everything up. Because when the northern kingdom broke off, that's where they went was to Mount Samaria. So he's talking to both of them clearly. And then you go to uh, chapter 8, verse 3. In that day declares sovereign Yahweh, the songs in the temple will turn to wailing. Many, many bodies flung everywhere. Silence. And this is obviously talking about Judah, because that's talking about the temple right then and there. But So this is going to be a day of, oh my, not cool. Now, verse 7 immediately turns it around. It says, Yahweh has sworn by the pride of Jacob. Now, then it says, I will never forget anything they have done. So, we can think at one time, Jacob, well, that's, that's Israel, that's all of them. If we keep reading, he clarifies who this Jacob is. It's the northern kingdom of Israel. That's like I said, Israel. Verse 8. Now, also, if I can say this. Verse 8, if you've never read Isaiah 24... You need to read it, because this, I think, is paralleling what's going to happen with Isaiah 24 uh, it's regarding the great earthquake. It says, Will not the land tremble for this, and all who live in it mourn? The whole land will rise like the Nile, it will be stirred up, and then sink like the river of Egypt. Now, it's verse 9 here we can compare where this all starts off. It says, In that day declares sovereign Yahweh, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your religious feast into mourning and all your singing into weeping. I will make all of you wear sackcloth. The king continues on. I will turn your religious feast. Now, this is where it's going back into I'm, I'm watching and concerned regarding Christmas. He goes, I will turn your feasts. Now, I've looked at the Hebrew on this. It's chag, okay, for feast, and it's plural. And the plural there isn't can be implied as far as many feasts or your all feast, meaning the feast that you all observe. And so that's why it's it's why almost all English translations will put it as your religious feast because it's implied as meaning what you guys as a plural are doing. And he, but you know, in all of this. He always leaves a remnant. He always leaves a remnant. And this is where you jump down to chapter 9. It says, Surely the eyes of sovereign Yahweh are on the sinful kingdom. I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet I will not destroy the house of Jacob, declares Yah, uh, totally destroy the house of Jacob. So even here he's saying he's going to leave even a remnant. When this time of judgment goes through and if we that time would be we is given to us in ezekiel 4. you got the 40 days and the 150 days when that's done let's just assume for a second okay now remember for those of you on multiple calendars out there i'm going with the understanding that i have with the calendar that we currently follow and if something would happen on the 10th day of the 10th month this year let's just go into the assumption it would well, if you go the 150 days, that's five lunar cycles. Okay, now we're going to go to 
the tenth day of the eleventh month, the twelfth month, and this next year has thirteen months. Okay, and then you got the first month and then the second month. It takes you to the tenth day of the second month. Remember what I said about the Antichrist would rise and start to, to make the second the, the third temple. Well, what did Solomon do? First Kings chapter six. In the four hundred and eightieth year after the Israelites had come out of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, the second month, he began to build the temple of Yahweh. And if you look at what happens whenever they completed that temple then, fire came down from heaven, burnt all the temple, the, the sacrifices up, smoke filled it all up. Crazy awesome. Well, fast forward yourself to Revelation, you see the exact same thing. You see where the Antichrist is calling fire down from heaven inside of everybody. Everything that happens with, uh, with Solomon here happens in Revelation with the Antichrist. It's crazy the, how it's all linking up to together the same way. I mentioned this to our fellowship, and I think I've mentioned it in a couple other verses, uh, teachings too. And this is this. Proverbs 22, verses 3 says, A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. And then this, it's virtually word for word almost in chapter 27, verse 12. Am I saying this is it? Absolutely not. Am I saying we should be watching? You better believe it. I think, as you mentioned earlier, there's something different right now. There's just something different going on. And it's like they're itching for World War III. It's like they're itching to get this stuff to happen. And we have to be mindful. We can't have our head in the sand saying, well, you know, if it happens, it happens. If you do, I think this verse is going to be, you know, blindsiding us. You know, we don't cross a road when you see cars coming. You know, you don't just walk up, well, Yahweh will protect me. When you know right. danger is coming, you know, common sense says, well, you know what, let's just wait till the cars pass, you know. And so if if you are of the concern that this could be it, then it's time. It's time to start, what should I do? And I know that's a, a question for a lot of people. Well, what do I do? Pray. I mean, pray. And I know a lot of people are starting to make preps. A lot of people are starting to put food to the side, water to the side, stuff like this. You know, whatever the, the Father puts on your heart, that's what you need to do. And as time gets closer in, you will know. The Father will lead you. But this is a time we have got to have our hearts in tune with Him. We can't just be, you know, I, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. We were just talking about this kind of stuff. It's like, we're living at this time, I think, where you have to live life as if life will continue on for years and years and years and years. But at the same time, with what we're seeing, you have to keep the perspective of, you know what, things may come to a close in just a few months. Yeah. We got, we, we're living with a foot on both worlds, and that's where I feel we're at. And, and that's and not being paranoid. And it's offense, for sure. It is. But it's not living in fear. It's not living like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? No. You're starting to plan. You're starting to see, hey, this is something I need to start doing. That's called yeah. wisdom. We're starting to realize we've got to walk in wisdom now. It is not fear. Anyone who is who is walking in fear regarding this, kill the motor, dude. Hit, hit stop. And realize, first and foremost, he's in charge. And second, if you think this is it, 
you better start praying to him. Say, what yeah. should I do, Father? Don't live in fear. Live in him, knowing you're taking, you're following his lead. That's yeah, I mean, uh, just use the examples. Uh, Moses is trapped at the, the Red Sea, and he says, you know, be silent and wait. You know, yep. wait on yep. Yah. Yep. And uh, I think that's... And when that's, you can do something, do something. Yeah. But it's it's all about walking in him not walking in fear right that's a good point and and like you were saying this is um you should take note of anything that lines up it begins on the last day of sukkot like this thing did yeah that, that's like that should raise it should bring it to your attention that hey there's something here you know when things line up on those feast days that's that's a big deal well, and it, like it you said so nothing funny. could come of it or it could be it could be him Agreed. It, it just it was it caught me because I have a teaching simply titled "The Last Day of Sukkot," you know, and I had yeah. just released a new update on it that previous week, and I'm going, "Oh my goodness gracious, this could be," you know, and you can just see pieces there. And I'm a firm believer that we've all got something right, we've all got something wrong, and we all need to, you know, work it out. And but whenever you see big things like that, yeah, we gotta. You can't just blow that off. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't think we can. You know? And Yeshua told us to to watch and be prepared, and you know, just like the parable of the virgins, you know, to to find ourselves prepared and not asleep at the wheel and ready to go. And and I believe in that parable, you know, the oil, you know, there's a lot of different theories, but I think it's possible the oil is teaching or understanding, and uh, you know, we need to work on that so that we, you know, because Scripture is full. There's many references of how even the elect are going to be deceived. And I think it's something mm-hmm. we need to pray for every day that that for us and for our children and, and all the our friends and family and their children that they won't be deceived because it's mm-hmm. going to become so hard to not be deceived because the the stuff we're going to see. I mean, just look at AI and look at all the things that are already happening. How hard is it to even know what's real? And, to, you know, and you can't believe hardly anything you see or hear anymore because it, it all can be fabricated. But but like you said, we if, if we focus on that, we will live in fear. But mm-hmm. what we've got to focus on is is his word and, and understand that because it is true. And I think that's the other prayer we need to be praying for our children and all the people we know is that they will love Yah more than the world that they yes. will have a passion for him, that they will seek him the way the deer pants for the water. Because Amen. scripture also says, seek him while he can be found. And there's a window here. And and, right. and, and, and and we need to be very concerned about people who who aren't seeking him right now because that will close and it may be too late. Yeah, and I think, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, something Matt brings up a lot is that uh, um, there, there will be a time where there is a famine and famine of the word. And, uh, and that's in Amos too. I, was, I almost re- referenced that today. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, well, that's 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 it. But uh, um, so we think that this will all be around forever, all this technology and stuff. And it's like uh, I don't know so much because yeah. <laughs> I look at a lot of the prophecies and. Those guys are riding horses and using swords. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so it's like all this has to come crashing down at some point. Yep. Yep. I am so with you on that. I have said multiple times, you know, it says they're holding swords and shields, you know, and um, I think that's not. Like, what did this symbolic. happen back in the. 
back in the Renaissance or something. Right, right, right. Now, yeah. I, th I think now wrong or right, how it's all going to play out. We, we all have our speculation, but one of two things, either by the time we get to the Battle of Armageddon, either all modern weaponry will have been exposed, uh, uh, you know, used up and or you're going to have massive EMPs going all over the world and just knocks out everything electronic. Yeah, and there's definitely point, something. Uh -huh. it, at least it seems like there yeah. will be something that knocks all that out in some way. Yep. Yep. And it could even be the hand of of Yaha. You know, yeah. at any point he can just go. Eh, no, we're done here. <laughs> yep. No, no more. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, easy it's for so him. It's so funny too regarding the element of, you know, the the famine of the word. Mm -hmm. It was just today I had a friend send me a link, and it was a uh, short YouTube video clip of um, Glenn Beck, and he was talking about, I guess, I think it came out just a couple days ago, and as of from the day of this recording, and it was showing how uh, Biden is now trying to get complete control over all of the Internet. Mm -hmm. And basically, whereas if you don't meet their requirements of what's said and done, they can shut you down. So it's like any and every ministry that's standing for truth, if you don't agree to their terms of policy, you're on the chopping block. Yeah. You and then boom. Now I I get it. We're always gonna have the Bible. But as as when you think about it, the internet is a quick everyone goes to oh, there's a teaching on this. This you know, and then what if I'm just throwing this out, if something happens Christmas weekend by way of terrorist attacks well it's going to be the what the radicals so immediately what's going to be against the law radical religion if you are a radical on this and for what it's worth they would consider us radical okay yeah. even though we're all about love <laughs> you know because we follow the bible to what it says we're radical right you know and so that's probably what will happen something of that nature they're going to to eradicate all radical religion and we will be the bad guys then. And I can just imagine it, you know. Well, think about uh, uh, what just happened. Uh, you have all the uh, 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 anti-Semitic marches and stuff going on. And what did they do? They put out a, a thing to quelch all the Islamophobia. It's like, okay, I mean, that makes sense that you would yep. do it backwards like that. because right. <laughs> Yeah, and it's I saw where they crazy. faced a lot of uh, things in Washington, which was interesting. And here they are defending them. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's weird times. But I think uh, kind of back to one of your points you made about, uh, you know, not being afraid and, and things like that. It's, uh, and Yah being in charge. And we know that he's laid it out. So these, <laughs> there will be terrible things that happen. He's already explained that, that it's going to happen. He's the author of Destiny, not not us, not Satan, right? Satan's a tool, uh, but I think a lot of people get caught up with, well, Satan's doing all this stuff to us. It's like, yeah, yeah I wrote down that this is this will happen. Yep. And it was his plan to, to make it happen. Uh, I think we and, need to remember. And, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, no, I apologize. I was just saying that, uh, you know, he only has the authority Yah gives him. And uh, yeah. so I think that has to be remembered in all this. And because, because there is no reason to fear. Exactly. 
I think something we need to remember, you, you, you said something that was very important. You said how Satan is a tool. And anyone who hardens their heart to the Father, he will use them as a tool mm-hmm. for the negative. Just as much as he wants to use us as a tool for the positive, anyone who hardens their heart against him, he will, use, he will say, he'll give them so many opportunities to repent. And if they say no so many times, yeah, you never he know says, when that last opportunity is. Yes, he'll say, okay, fine. From here on out, I will not give you the opportunity to repent. I will harden your heart from here on out. That's what happened with Pharaoh. It's, you know, Rome, it's the, the Romans 1 judgment. It's, it's Yes. If this is what you want, go ahead and take it, and mm-hmm. I'll step back, and that is that is the curse. It's that <sighs> I let you have what you wanted. That's oh, dear curse. Father, protect me from me, I pray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I mean? Man. Yeah. Oh, I don't but, want to be there, Father. And when Yeshua prays and he tells us how to pray, you know, he says, you know, that Yah's will be done. And I think uh, if we're not careful, sometimes we, we pray uh, against yeah. against Yah because yes. we, we think that, that this thing needs to happen or we would like to see it happen, but maybe it's the very thing he set in motion. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of the all of these things we're talking about, it this may be his will being done, and and that, and we need to pray that his will is done. That's mm-hmm. the idea of uh, the time of the Amorites have not yet become full. Um, yep, and it's the Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Yahweh wields the axe, and Nebuchadnezzar is my axe to wield against you. And yep. I think, I think that's so important to remember that that that's how Yah works. Mm-hmm. And not get all, you know, bent out of shape that oh, all this terrible stuff's happening. It's like there's a purpose to, to bad things, mm-hmm. and what we would call bad things, you know. Um, Agree. So just to, and like Matt's saying, put it into perspective of what's Yah's plan here, and let's not go against what His will is. Right, right. You know, um, you mentioned the parable of the ten virgins and the oil and stuff, and. Like you said, there's lots of different perspectives on that. I get it. Um, mine has always been, I can't say always been, but here recently I, I did the uh, teaching on the Church of Philadelphia, and I talked about the, the ten virgins and how I currently believe that the oil is the Torah. You know, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's the oil that, you know, that lights our path. And when you look at, going, this is actually kind of full circle here, the dream I said I had heard had earlier, how it was the Church of Philadelphia is so small, and Philadelphia, the very name means Church of you know the, the Church of Brotherly Love is what right. it is, and I'm I'm just looked up the verse for a second ago and it's in Matthew 22, and it's verse starting in verse 38. This is the first and greatest command. Well, let me read back up, uh, verse 37 of Matthew 22. It says Jesus replied. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the point I want to bring out. Verse 40. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And this, as I mentioned earlier, regarding you know, uh, Moses and Elijah, you know, it's, it's, everything points to the law and Moses. And, uh, and and the prophets, forgive me. So, love. It's loving God, loving your neighbor. And the church of brotherly love, they're the ones 
who obviously get it. And I think they're the ones, they're, they're the, the, fur, uh, the five whys that make it in to that place of protection. And I think we, you know, just because someone says they're a believer, great, live it. You can say, well, I follow Torah. Great, live it. That means walking in love. Not just, you know, declaring you have all the right answers. It means walking in love. Yeah. I think we forget that. And, and I get the passion. I get the desire to want to tell everybody you know what you know and, and this, that, and the other. But, man, if we don't do it in love, we're just a clanging symbol pushing people away. And we've got to stop that. We've got to start walking in his love, showing his love to every, even those who don't like you, who hate you. This is going to be the time. And, and the, the problem, I think, is what's going to happen is if you can't love those people now, you'll be forced to face those people even on a greater level at, in the end. Sorry, I'll stop preaching. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's real good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, uh, something that we heard of a friend of ours who is a uh, Hebrew scholar and, and, and he doesn't really call himself a rabbi, but um, he doesn't, he doesn't want anybody to call him that, but he's, 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 pretty good with the scripture and Hebrew understanding and fluent in Hebrew. And he wrote his own copy of the Torah. Um, he's, he's pretty interesting guy to talk to. And he, he's definitely um, talked about, um, about some of that. Um, but one of the things that he, that he's gone down is he, he's, he was so focused on just the Torah and early on when I was coming into this, I met him and, and I'm like, Nephilim this. And, you know, I was awaking to all of these things and chasing all these rabbit trails. And it's fascinating. I think to a certain extent we have to do some of that. Mm -hmm. But I understand now his wisdom because he didn't want to chase any of those things. He didn't want to. He just stuck with the Torah and the scriptures. And now I, I, I'm getting it more and more because you can get bogged down in minutiae and just stuff that doesn't matter, stuff that's not salvation, stuff that's just going to waste your time. And turn and, people away. Yep. And, and, and we're in the days when we don't have the time to waste. And no. so it's, it's time to focus and really uh, nail down uh, the, and focus on the Torah and the prophets and, and, and what's said and, and Yah's word uh, and trying to put it in our own heart. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, if it's not in your heart, it's not in your life. Yeah, and I think uh, back on uh, when it talks about uh, this will happen on your feasts, right? Yeah. Um, and we see oftentimes it goes back to um, uh, he brings that up several times talking about even new moons and Sabbaths and actual feast days. And mm -hmm. the point is that it doesn't have to be a, even a pagan feast. It could be, but it doesn't right. have to be. It could be you're you're doing the feasts, but is yes. your heart right in the feast? It's like when when Paul says, "Let's keep the feast with, uh, you know, uh, uh, malice toward none." You know, with with uh, I don't remember the, the Thanksgiving. What what are the two things he says instead of like malice and uh, uh, he's talking about unleavened the feast of unleavened bread. We should keep the feast of unleavened bread with uh, uh, oh yeah love and kindness and that kind of thing i can't think of the verse either at the moment i agreed but I don't you know, know what i'm talking about yep, yeah yep yeah so it's it's not just doing you know checking the boxes it's 
it's supposed to, those, those are all outward signs of what's supposed to be happening in your heart. So yep. it should be happening in your heart. Amen. So, yeah. It goes Amen. back to that circumcised heart thing. And, you know, in that scripture that stands out where uh, we've talked about it, it's somewhere in the Torah portion where he talks, alludes to the fact that the stone tablets are softer than their hearts. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, unfortunately that, that tends to be true in, in my own life of uh, far too much. And, uh, you know, it, it is a process of, um, learning how to, you know, the, the, on, on an unrelated kind of note here, you, you know, uh, we, we talk a lot about, um, how it, it, the, um, especially in the old way we used to think in churchianity, if you will, there was this belief that, uh, we're in the new covenant and the Torah is written on our hearts. I think it's a process. Um, and that, and we're in the middle of this process of him writing the Torah on our hearts and it's a, it's this process that we've begun it, that new covenant and the new all of those things haven't in my belief and understanding that all hasn't happened yet but but i think it's a process that we've started um i don't know right because he says it, it's beginning to pass away yeah right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's it has this idea of like you're saying like a process yeah yeah right yeah and and, and it's for me, it's Ezekiel 36 and 37 where it talks about the dry bones and then yeah. immediately it talks about the new covenant which will be placed at that time. It's like, to me, um, as you mentioned, it's it's a process and we're all learning and pursuing it now. But at the resurrection, that's when, boom, he puts it in our heart at that time. Yeah. And and that's yeah. when, well, yeah, I've been going forever on that one too, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's something we're supposed to be in process of working on. And, and I think mm-hmm. that things are going to like like you said at the very beginning there there's you know there's so many scriptures about refining the dross off of the silver mm-hmm. and and just all of these things and it it's clear to me that we undergo testing and we undergo the furnace and uh, he does that on purpose and it kind of goes back to the the will of Yah and things like that you know sometimes he he turns the heat on purposely in our lives mm-hmm. to get rid of, to make us deal with some issues and to force us. And in, in, in essence, the great tribulation and all these things we're talking about, it's a version of that. It mm-hmm. is going to purge and it's going to, it's going to separate the sheep from the goats, literally. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. I, uh, my wife and I, Angela, we've talked multiple times on this. It's like, we're all going through tests to find out what fellowship we're going to be in when it all starts. And on the same token, someone else might be going through something and you're on the backside of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it may not be your test. It might be somebody else's test, <laughs> but you're getting the back, the, the, yeah. the bad side of it, if you will. You know, there's so many different ways to look at this, but it's still a test for us just the same. And how will we receive it? How will we walk through it? Will we do it with love, anger, short temperament, whatever, or will we truly walk it out as Yeshua would, you know? And, yeah, something that I wish that we all could learn better faster is that, remember, I've said it multiple times before, that Yeshua never forced anyone to believe what he believed, what he knew, I should say. He threw it out there, and walked away. 
Too many times people are holding the truth and they can't stop until they ha- the person they're talking to is agreeing with and what, hearing what they say out of coming out of their mouth. Yeah. And we can't do that. You know, plant a seed. Let the Father work on them. Yeah, and, he doesn't chase anybody. He, uh, yeah, yeah. He, and, uh, let, he let them walk away. We do far more damage in trying to, to force our view on people than, than we can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is hard hard to do. Just like what you were saying, he he is fine when, when you know, when he presents a challenge and they they sometimes walked away from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think we especially when we're young in the faith, we we get pretty zealous about some things oh, yeah. and and go after some things and mm-hmm. some sometimes you have some regret, you know, it's you know, it's not worth losing a friendship and um you know, but you just have to be careful, especially yep. especially with our family and things like that, you know, because family is forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we can't forget that the same token with that, you know, even Yeshua says, you know, he didn't come to bring, bring peace. He came to bring a sword. True. And he talks about the separations that will, that will follow. Yeah. But that's when we follow the truth and love, you know, and so um, don't make it because they reject truth, not reject your presentation of the truth does that make sense oh yeah, yeah for sure sure yeah yeah let them walk away don't push them away <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly you know mm. yeah that's good well, yeah it's it's like the uh um when he says that you know you'll you'll suffer the same thing as me and you'll be affected and you'll have enemies be just because you know me and and love me um mm-hmm. and it's like well you will have he's not he's not making enemies for you he's saying it will happen and yeah. so if you if you don't have any enemies it's like are you are you are you mimic, mimicking messiah correctly if you, if right you're, you're right. not making enemies i'm not saying just go out and make enemies it'll just happen on its own it will that's for sure no matter how much you you walk in love and, and remember yeshua did that and they killed him you know yeah so the the time will come but the biggest thing is to make sure that we're following him following his lead in all of this and there's like i said to the beginning lots of perspectives on what's going on in the world lots of views and we've still got years to go i got it maybe we do Uh, i personally struggle with that right now um but i'm open to being wrong as we all should be but I am equally watching with great interest right now in the coming weeks ahead and seeing how this flow, all flows out, not just weeks ahead, but months ahead as well. And because even though I got my idea, ideas of how it may flow, I realize it may not happen the way I think. And I have to be open to that. We all have to be. But I think we need to be more open to other perspectives and pray that we're watching and praying, pray that we're watching and praying, and <laughs> having that heart to hear his voice. And don't just listen to other teachers that are pre, you know, pushing fear. Prepar- preparation of having our heart ready for it, yeah, but push, putting us into fear, I'm not for that. And, and now pe- people can probably look at me and say, well, see, that's what you do. No, I don't. I am all about preparing and getting your heart first ready. Because if your heart is ready, 
you're going to know what to do, when to do, how to do. So pray. Say, Father, get my heart ready. Where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? These have got to be honest hearts, heartfelt questions we need to present to him. And don't stop asking until he gives you the answer. And, you know, get with uh, people of like precious faith and say, hey, have you got the same feeling? What's on your heart? And, and start going from there. And if they're not giving you the answer you feel is need to be heard, then you need to find someone who will, and say, who's, who's got the same heart of concern. Because even if we don't, even if we have years to go, there's still something in the air, in my heart anyway, that we should be aware of and start getting ready for. And, uh, and I mean we need to be getting ready. Absolutely. And I think scripture is full of references of having that mindset of, you know, that's what you see in the rich ruler who built the bigger barn. So he's like, you know, you fool, your life is demanded of you today. And, hmm. you know, that's, there's wisdom in living your life that way. If you live that way, then, then you're good. You don't have regrets. You know, so many people do have regrets. Um, about about the life they live in. And, and you're talking about fear and there's this thing, you know, like for lack of a better term, fear porn, you know, yeah. people are just drawn to it like a moth to the flame and they just can't get enough of it. And mm. um, it's, it's a shame. And some people become so consumed by that and they can become negative and jaded and yes. it just can warp how you see the whole world and everybody around you. Yep. Yep. And it's, I'm glad you brought that up too. Cause I had, mentioned this at our fellowship not long ago. Um, my wife and I, we were talking, this is about about a year ago now, and she looks at me and she goes, why do we call it the end of days? Why do we call it the end times? And I, you know, she knows, and I said, well, this and that. And she said, no, no, no. She goes, but that's really not the end. She goes, it's the beginning. It's the beginning of him bringing in his kingdom. He goes, that's how we should be looking at this. It's a good thing. It's an awesome thing, not a fearful thing. Yeah. And I go, you're right. And so we try to, I, I forget often, but we talk about as far as the end, uh, the beginning is soon, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? No, that's good. Well, what was, what really caught my eye this week? I listened to a secular channel a lot uh, called Truth Stream Media. And it's Aaron and Melissa Dykes, and they've made several, they're the Texas-based couple, they've made several documentaries and things. And, you know, they talk a lot about propaganda and, you know, things that are happening. And her last video, she was like, um, I'm you know, at the very end, she closed out and said, you know, tell people you love them, hug your kids, hug your family. Uh, the world is getting crazy. Uh, you know, and I'm just like, she sees it. You know, and yep. I, I don't know. She's not open about her faith. I have really no idea what 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 her faith viewpoint is. She that's not the point of what she does there. But but um, but I, I think it's interesting. There are people, uh, a lot of people, sensing some of these things. It's not just a few people. There's a lot of us. Yep. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, and hmm. I kind of wanted to to circle around about. Uh, um, we had mentioned, you know, how much of this. How much can you even trust of, of what you're seeing? And like you were saying, you know, uh, I could be wrong about it, you know, and and especially when we hear hear news and you don't know if we can't know if it's even real unless we're there. You know what I mean? I especially know. nowadays. And uh, I think that's so important to and it's just been coming into focus a lot for me lately is is 
how the only true thing that you can put your you know put your hand to is the bible and it's right. the it's the only thing that you can for certain say okay this is truth mm-hmm. everything else can be faked this is truth and i'm gonna rest on this and believe right. in this uh, yep. and i just think that's it's so evident right now how fake everything is and how mm-hmm. fake everything can be right so well and even when you a lot of times when truth is presented those who don't want that truth presented they will start mimicking what you what that truth is and and put variations of it out to make it look like oh well which one's true now yeah and, and i say that because a friend of mine had mentioned in the last news world update we did i talked about this what big white van a bus yeah. getting broke down and stuff and how mm-hmm. these foreigners who were not speaking uh, mexican were you know out there and stuff and he said see was i looked this up and it's like he kind of said what was taking place out there on the net about it and i said well look all i can tell you is that i've got screenshots of the sheriff who documented what was taking place and i didn't put that into the news world update because is this going to make things so much longer but this i we have the original of what took place and so it's it's legitimate now what's out there on the net now people are trying to downplay it but i can tell you from the original screenshots that was given to me it was all legit and there are things taking place that they don't want you to know about yeah and but the thing is <laughs> you know it's like just what three years ago no one was trusting the, the media because of this medical situation that we were in and now all of a sudden everyone's trusting the media yep you, yeah. you know it's like wait what a say what and so very short memories oh man you know so i'm all about you know we need to use caution make sure you you know you get to the base and, and the the news media mass media they have their agendas and now am i saying they're saying all everything is you know false no it can't all be false or no one would believe any of it Right, right. But the causes of what's happening, that's what I would say. Wait a second, you know, and, you know. And a lot of it is just by omission, too, what they're not saying. Exactly that, too. Yep, yep. Yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen right away, but I do know that we need to have our hearts in tune to him. And I think that is the bigger issue. Don't watch the news. Don't watch, you know, keep your eyes focused on him. That is the ultimate Focus your heart and eyes, attention, everything on him. He will lead and guide you along the way if you just focus on him. And and especially another thing to pray is pray that you will desire the things that he desires. Yes. And and, and um you know that 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 will help. You know because if we leave ourselves to our own heart, we know that heart is wicked and deceitful above all things, and um, you know, it applies to a lot of things. It applies to what we look at, what we even what we eat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we, we need to. That's something I've been praying a lot is trying to. I, I want to desire the things that 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 Yah wants for me, Amen. and um, and quit desiring the the junk. And and sometimes that's news mm-hmm. because news is like junk food. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, it's like that uh, scripture in Proverbs about 
gossip being a tender morsel, you know, that satisfies the soul. Uh, right. News is kind of like that for some of us. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, yep. I, 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 um, anything else, uh, Jake, can you think of there? I did just want to bring up one more thing just because it's fitting for, uh, while we're, while we're, uh, discussing, you know, world prophecy update stuff. Um, and we just had uh, a vote in Ohio that that went south for a lot of people. It was the abortion thing. They just I inst- they just put that into the constitution. They just their state constitution in Ohio that they can um, have abortions now, or they yeah. can wow. yeah. And uh, and now everyone's like, well, we need to just change our messaging because that's not where the people are right now. And it's like, you know what? You, you don't change the message to win. The people right. will get what the people deserve, and this is what the people want. And yes, speak against it, fight against it. But when the whole, when ninety percent of the country wants it, then Yah will bring the judgment for it, and it'll yeah. be righteous judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, stuff like that is just, uh, you know, you don't, you don't. Uh, do evil that good shall prevail you know and uh, i think we can't water down truth to fit the masses because the masses are always going to be on the wrong side of things so yep yeah that's the truth yeah. yeah yep yeah that's good so we just i'm just saying it looks like it's heading in the wrong direction and i, mm-hmm. I and i mean i we shouldn't be surprised because yeah. that's the way the world is yeah, the judgment's coming. Yeah, judgment is there's no doubt. And uh, I made a and it's something that's been commonly said amongst believers, I'm sure. But if Yahweh doesn't judge America soon, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah just the same. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. and so it's like you know the there's judgment's just around the corner and that in itself should be a wake-up call to all of us to get our hearts right with him yeah and i think uh i think there's a lot of people looking for a restoration to the country but i don't know that uh yah has a lot of interest in restoring an idolatrous nation you know what i mean i i think there has to be it's revival or bust you know what i mean so i think there has to be some kind of repentance as a nation or, or we're going to get the squashing. Right. I actually just uh, finished a teaching. It should be. It's coming out tomorrow, uh, as from when this is being recorded, regarding that whole element of what, even for a nation or a person, it all comes back. If you don't turn back to him, then it's not going to happen. You, 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 as an individual and the nation, has to turn back, or there's not going to be, you know, restoration. That's exactly right. The repentance starts with us. Yeah. Well, look at, you know, 9-11 was a perfect opportunity for America to wake up. And, Mm. you know, and we did for a minute. You saw people praying and uh, on the Capitol steps and, you know, holding hands and all this unity. And it it went away so fast. And Mm. and, and I didn't hear, you know, I I believe Jonathan Kahn talked about it a lot. and, And there were some things he said that were right and maybe that Harbinger book that you wrote. And, um, but, but it's that attitude that we had. We're like, we, that came down, we're going to build bigger. 
Yeah. You know, and that it's seems like, to be oh, like the American way. And we should have been like on our face going, Pride please much? forgive us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I think that was kind of a warning shot uh, for mm. us. And, 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 and it should be. And, and um, for some of us, I think it did kind of wake us up. But, uh, but some people, they just were like, we're going to build bigger and better. Yeah, right. I think uh, a lot of the things that are happening are specifically exposing truth. It's yes. it's going to expose where we really stand yeah. as a country, you know what I mean? And as yep. individuals, it's really all these events are going to expose truth, I think. Yes. And yeah. I think yep. that's the point of them, too. It's, it's a wake-up call. Uh, a lot of times, Yah uses that as a wake-up call. Hey, this is how it's turning out get the get the message or you're going to get the stick you know that kind yeah. of thing not that he not that he wants to beat us but it's the only thing that gets our attention mhm yep yeah. agreed yeah well steve we uh, we appreciate you uh wanting to talk to us steve is there anything else you you want to say or point people to before before we uh, get off of this today i can't think of it at the moment other than the fact of seriously we all should be focusing our hearts and minds on prayer more than anything at the moment amen and we would ask of those of you listening to this if you would join us in prayer about this and and um and and just um you know have that that prayerful attitude 24 7 you know it's just this mindset that we need to be adopting and and please join us in trying to get rid of all the junk uh, that's in our life and and that's a battle that we all face with you know from media to junk food to junk news um we just ask you to to join us in that and and and, and ask us and we we ask you to join us in a prayer of praying for our children that they will they will love Yah more than the little G gods of science, the the priest of science, if you will, and and um, just all the things that that are of the world, and uh, you know, and, and that fathers would wake up to realize that they are in the battle of their life for their children, and, uh, and and there's so many fathers that just they don't understand that this war is happening for for their children and, and and we need to be praying especially for the fathers that we know and our families and maybe some fathers we're related to that they'll wake up to that truth and 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 not be deceived and in, in the deception that's coming yeah it's that idea of uh being in a spiritual battle and uh you know the person can say well i didn't know i was in a spiritual battle and it's like that's why you're losing because you don't even know you're in it, you know. Yep. You don't have to be. You don't have to be aware of it to lose. So, right. Yeah. It's gonna. It's gonna happen to you whether you, you're paying attention or not. Yeah, that's right. So well, we'd ask uh, on Sabbath Lounge if you would uh, go to Steve's channel, the Torah Family. Uh, check out all the things he has going there. Steve, is there uh, was there something that you wanted to uh, to put a plug in for? Oh well, our website too, TorahFamily.org. That's, you can find all of our teachings organized, structured, much better than our YouTube channels. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So go check it out and, and follow him if you're not already following him. And uh, But we appreciate your time. And um, so, Jake, were you going to say something? Yeah, just uh, thanks again, Steve, for uh, uh, coming and having a chat with us. And we really appreciate you having you on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a joy, guys, as always. 
All right. Well, this is Matt and Jake signing, signing off. off.